0: eyeballs and two weeks ago we were up here and we had a picture taken a family picture taken and my guess is he's going to overtake both of his parents in height very very soon but all that growth that we see in him is normal our children are expected to grow they're expected to continue to get taller in fact if he wasn't growing that would be abnormal right Then we'd have to take him to the doctor and find out what was wrong, because we expect our children or our grandchildren to grow. I think the same is true with spiritual growth in our own lives as well. Spiritual growth often happens in spurts. There are times in our life, perhaps, where it's just gradual growth. We don't really see a change in our lives too much, and we just kind of go about the same kind of thing, and, and we're hoping that we grow spiritually, but we just aren't quite sure that we can see it. Other times, spiritual growth in our life is very, very obvious. And here's the real truth about spiritual growth. We often grow significantly during difficult times in life. We often grow in our spiritual lives as a result of difficult times, times of loss, or times of change, or times of uncertainty, or perhaps we could add times of a pandemic. But these kind of times, these trying times, become sort of these growing pains of our soul development. As we begin to look and as we try to make sense of all that we are experiencing, And it causes us to go deep and to ask hard questions and to prioritize and to really rethink what is important in my life. And all that is about spiritual growth. We are in the third message of our series right now. It's called Deep Roots. And we're using the metaphor of a tree. That as trees mature and as they get stronger and bigger, they're able to withstand whatever it is that they experience on the outside because of these deep roots that keep it steady underground. And so too, as people of faith, as Christians, we too need to develop those strong, steady roots that keep us grounded no matter what happens when the winds of change blow and all the things that we're experiencing today. And so we talked first about about the deep root of unity, or excuse me, identity. Deep root of identity, that was the first one. That we have to know who we are and where we've come from. That keeps us strong and grounded. And then last week we talked about the deep root of unity. That the church is at its very best when it is together, centered around the mission of Jesus Christ. And that we have to experience this amazing gift of grace that he's given to us. And then to experience or to give that grace away to others around us. And so how do we experience God's grace and then give it away? And today I want to talk about a third root. And that is a deep root of teamwork. Teamwork. That the church functions best when each of us understand our part on the team, our part in the body of Christ, and then we get a chance to do what God has called us to do together. That every person has a part, and every person is important. So let's pray as we get started in the message this morning. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Your word that trains us, your word that teaches us, your word that encourages us, and your word that comforts us. And I pray, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, that it would go deep into our hearts and into our lives, that we might know and feel your presence with us. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen and amen. We're looking at this book of Ephesians, and it was actually a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the early Christians concentrated in the city of Ephesus, but probably. To other churches around that region too and they were trying to figure out how to live together as followers of jesus christ and they were coming from different backgrounds from jewish background and gentile background and they were trying to forge this new entity of the church and what it meant to follow jesus in that time and so paul spends the first part of this letter ephesians chapters one through three Really telling them about their standing with God, describing grace, describing all of these things and and theological understanding of who they are as a people of God. And now he turns in the second part of the book, Ephesians chapter 4, where we're going to start today, 4, 5, and 6, and he really talks about some practical living. Like in light of our understanding of this deep relationship with Christ, how are we supposed to live and what are we supposed to do? And so that's where we're going to start for this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. He says, I urge you then to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely gentle and humble. He goes on to talk about unity. And then he uses the metaphor of the body. He says in verse seven, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then he goes on to talk about this metaphor in verse 15. He says, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head and that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and together by every supporting ligament will grow and build itself up in love as each part does its work as each part does its work. And so it's almost as if Paul is writing here with exclamation points. He wants to help them understand, in light of all that you've learned, in light of all that we've talked about with grace, now we need to live out what God has asked us to do and to be. He says it with enthusiasm, he says it with urgency. I urge you, I implore you, live this out. Live out the calling that you have received. Be good stewards of his grace and fulfill your role in his body. Every Christian has a part on the team. Every person has a different responsibility for the work of God. And this grace is given to each of us in order to do and fulfill our calling that God has in our lives. It's one of the core values that we have here at Redeemer. Our core value is that every believer is called to ministry. Every believer is called to ministry. Spiritual gifts are given to us by God for us to use in his service. Each and every person has a part and has received grace in order to build up the body of Christ, in order to make the church strong. Now sometimes we aren't quite sure what our role is on the team or our role is in the body. If we can use a sports metaphor for a moment, sometimes it takes a little bit when you're figuring out, do I like to play offense or defense? And if I like to play offense, am I better at a run, as a running back Or am I better at a wide receiver? I like football, so we'll use that metaphor for a moment. What's my place on the team? How do I help my team score? How do I help my team win? And it doesn't matter if you're on the offense or defense, you just have to know your role and be able to do that effectively. But sometimes in the body of Christ, we don't always know what we're called to do. I remember that as an 18 year old, I was preparing to go to college in the fall and I was Uh, headed to Taylor University in Indiana and I really liked kids so I thought you know I want to be an elementary school teacher my mom was a teacher my grandma was a teacher so that was really what I thought I wanted to do and my dad was a United Methodist pastor and at that time I wanted to have nothing to do with being a pastor and honestly in that moment I thought Riding in the front of a hearse with a casket behind me was just something I just wouldn't be able to do ever. So at that moment, you know, it's good now. We're all fine with that. But in that moment, that's what I felt. And so I was praying a lot that summer before I went to college. And I just asked the simple question, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you, what do you want me to do with my life? And I kept praying that over and over again. And one day, I heard an answer. And one day when I was praying and asking that question, what do you want me to do with my life? I felt the words come to my spirit, full-time Christian ministry. And then a pause. And then the words as a pastor. And it was this holy and sacred moment, and I, I, I remember just seeing, well, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do. And then I opened my eyes, and I, I looked around, and I thought, did anybody else hear that, or was that just like bad pizza, or what, what was that exactly? And I wrote down in my journal that day, my prayer journal, what I had felt from the Lord, and I closed it up, and I never told a soul. I was scared out of my mind. I did not know any other lady pastors at that time. I thought I was just out to lunch and that God had just definitely picked the wrong person. So I went to Taylor and I got to my first class and and the elementary school class and you had to cut out a bunch of these things and make this bulletin board and God love you, I I appreciate all the teachers around there, but crafts is just not my thing. I, I just couldn't do it well. And so I have great admiration for all of you teachers out there because I just couldn't do it at all. And I thought, this is not for me. So then I made a bargain with God. Have you ever done any of that in your life? I said, Lord, I really love listening to people, and and how about if I'm a counselor and I can help people with their problems, would that be okay? So I went on to get my degree in psychology, and I was nearing the end, getting ready to graduate from college. I just had this nagging part of my soul that God wouldn't let me go. And finally, I sat down with my dad. Four years later... And I opened my prayer journal and I said, Dad, I don't know what to do with this. This is what I sensed God was saying and I don't know what to do. And my dad said something that day that was really important. And I want to encourage any of you who might be thinking about something new or there's some big step of faith that you're looking at right now. He said some very wise words. He said this. He said, Deb, it's your job to follow what you think God is asking you to do. You have to take one step forward and find out. And God is either going to open the doors and you're going to keep walking through those and it's going to bear fruit and you're going to know that's what God's asked you to do. Or you're going to take that step and the doors are going to close and it's not exactly what God wanted and so you need to retweak a little bit of what you're doing. But he said, it's your job to take the first step and to find out. And so I did. And it's been a very important principle that I've tried to follow, not just in that step of faith, but in every venture I've encountered in my life. Don't be afraid to take that first step. See how God is leading, and then continue. So I Went from there to Ashland Theological Seminary in Ohio. I didn't have much money coming out of college, and I said, Lord, if this is really what you want me to do, you're going to have to provide the finances. And you know, God was faithful. And I got a couple of scholarships and had a couple of people who supported me during that time, and I worked hard at a church. And I was able to graduate three years later and walk across that stage with my Master of Divinity degree and I didn't owe them a dime. And it was another confirmation, another part, that God was asking me to step forward one step at a time. And 20 years later and five churches later, here I am as I get a chance to serve and to be a part of what God is doing here at Redeemer, and I couldn't be more happy about it. But I tell you that story for two reasons. One, I want you to get to know me a little bit better as I want to get to know you. But second of all, because I think that God is still in the work of calling people to step out and take a step of faith. God's still in the business of that, and we're not all the same. We all have different gifts and talents, but every person is responsible to follow the call of God on your life. Each and every one of us are responsible to follow the call of God that, God, that he has put on our lives. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul says, It was he who gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You may not like to talk in front of people, I would have this great fear if you ever asked me to sing in front of people because I'm a terrible singer and you wouldn't be happy and neither would I. You might love to work with children and you love crafts and maybe working with children isn't your thing. Maybe you like to work with teenagers. Maybe you like to work with older adults. Maybe you're um, really organized and you like to work in an office and make sure that all of that runs smoothly. And maybe you're creative and, and you like to work with your hands and don't make me sit in front of a screen, whatever it is. God has gifted you and equipped you for a part in his body, to build up the church and to build up the body of Christ. And that, to me, is what makes the church a beautiful place. Because each one of us are different and we all contribute something different here. God has deliberately shaped you and formed you in a way that makes your ministry unique. I can't do what you do because you have an individual ministry that makes it unique and special. And God has given you abilities and interests and talents and gifts and personality and life experiences that all come together in order to serve the body of Christ and to love those in your, around you. What is your place of service? What just energizes you as you think about it? What's your part of the team to build up the body of Christ? And maybe you're used to serving in the nursery or you're serving in children's ministry or youth ministry and it it just looks different now in this COVID season. It's okay. Keep praying for that ministry. Keep investing. Keep thinking about those kids and praying for them. Maybe, um, you know, we're looking for some ushers and greeters because that ministry looks a little different right now. Maybe you'd say, you know what, I could help out with that for a little bit. Or maybe um, you have some gifts in, in digital marketing or digital streaming. I know Ben is working on putting a team together to do our live stream and maybe you'd say, you know what, I could help out with that, that would be okay. I know that Susie's looking for people to help with a backpack ministry or in the food pantry, especially in the mornings. Maybe that's something that you could say, you know what, I could do that. Maybe you would want to lead a, a life group, and a small group, maybe even digitally as we think about the fall. Or maybe God is putting on your heart a new ministry, maybe out of this COVID season or something else, but just a new ministry that you think we as a church could be a part of. We need everyone. We need everyone to be a part of what God is doing. As you think about your life, as you think about the church, as we get an opportunity to serve. Just call or email the church office to get connected. But we're stronger together as a church when we all come together with our unique gifts and talents and responsibilities to build up the body of Christ and to draw more people to know Jesus. And when we get a chance to do that all together with your talents and your gifts and your unique life experiences, and when we do that together, all of us then, we we allow this church to remain strong. That's another one of our core values here at Redeemer of what we're called to do together. As participating members, it's a covenant where members support Redeemer with four things your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for supporting the church with your prayers. It just means so much to know that you're praying for the church and to praying for people. And when people submit a prayer request that goes right to the prayer team, And it means the world to me that we still get a chance to be connected in prayer. Maybe we can't see each other's faces as much, but we're connected by praying for our church and praying for our leadership and for our staff. Thank you for supporting the church with your presence, whether here in the building or online, for connecting in with us each week. And thank you for your gifts. Thank you for your faithful giving. As God has provided everything that we need in order to to pay our staff and do all the things he's asked us to do. And thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. Because it matters. And it means a lot. Even if it looks different than this time, it's okay. The gifts that God gives to the church are people. The gifts that God gives to the church are people. People. And I believe that everyone is needed to do the work of ministry that God has called us to do in this community. And I look forward to getting to know you, your gifts and your skills and all of those things as I get a chance to get to know you. But every Christian is called by God as an act of grace. And with that gift of grace is the responsibility then to invest our lives in the people around us and to live out that calling. Every Christian is responsible to live a life worthy of of our calling. I have a picture in my office. I hope you can see it there on the screen. And what you see there is the head of Jesus. But if you look at it even closer, what do you see? His head is made up of faces. It's made up of people. And some of those faces are larger in that picture and some of those are smaller. But it doesn't matter. Everybody is needed to live out the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if you're young or you're older or if you like to do something you know, in the foreground that everybody can see or something in the background. Everybody is needed in the body of Christ. In fact, it was so neat this week, I saw on Facebook that there were a couple of girls and they were doing a lemonade stand so that they could raise money for the food pantry. Isn't that cool? That even though you're young, you can still be a part of ministry and what God is doing. Because each one of us has a place and you bring gifts to the table and it matters because everyone fits. How can you be a part of what God is doing here? Where do your gifts and skills fit in? Paul reminds the believers in the previous chapter that together we can do immeasurably more than all we can ask, think, or imagine according to God's power that is at work within us. We are a strong team when each and every one of us does our part. But as we close this morning, I also wanna to speak to those of you who might be experiencing a tug on your heart recently to do something new. Maybe this COVID season has sort of forced you to rethink some things. Maybe you're feeling a tug on your heart to pursue a new interest, or pursue a new career path, or some, something new there or to do a new calling in ministry, there's something that's just on your heart and you can't let it go. And maybe that feels really overwhelming. Maybe like me, you might be a little hesitant or there's always a thousand excuses why you can't. But I just want to encourage you this morning to stop and to listen. To put all of those other voices of why you can't aside and to listen to what God might be calling you to do. And it's hard when you think about all those steps, but I want to encourage you to take the first step. To be bold and to take that first step and to see where God might open the doors for you. Take that first step because you never know where it might lead. So let's pray as we close. Lord Jesus, we lift to you our lives, our gifts, our talents that you've given to us. And Lord, we just say thank you for that.